0: Hey my brothers and sisters of God Squad Church, this is Bizush here, also known as Bees the Chaplain. Um, I'm going to be delivering the word today, but before I do, I just want to say a massive shout out to Pastor Daylight for giving me the invitation and the opportunity to speak this morning. Um, Now, because I'm based in Sydney, Australia, it's a couple of things. One, this is a pre-recorded message. And the reason why it's a pre-recorded message is because um, I'm not I'm not really a techie kind of guy I'm not techie like techie I am terrible so for a good insurance policy to make sure that the message is delivered smoothly with no Wi-fi glitches and all the rest of those problems I pre-recorded the message but I'm still going to be on the chat hopefully even though it might be at 3 slash 430 in the morning, um, you know, worship service, I try and get there. I try and get the second service. Um, but yeah, even though it's an early one, I'm still going to try and be in the chat. So please drop an amen. Please show the love and support to make sure that you're still here, ready to listen to God's word. Um, the second thing is over the last couple of months i uh because of work and stuff like that, I've kind of been MIA. I've tried to catch um, God Word Church's Reconnect programs throughout the week Um, but a few of you might not have seen me on the chats and stuff like that, but that's about to change because in the, in, in May, uh, I've been invited to actually have a spot in God's God church on God's God church, uh, to produce, not to produce, but to share some content and really, um, use that space to break open the word and dig deeper into the scriptures. And so we're going to go through a series um, and we're going to be focusing on the prodigal son. So please keep an ear out for the the announcements of when that's going to start. Hopefully we're going to start in the first week of May. Um, So that's a couple of the announcements. Um, Yeah, and I think we're going to go straight into the sermon. Before I do... I'm still, okay, a couple of things. My chair is broken, so the gas is like dropping. So every now and again, you'll see me do one of these ones. Please don't say pay any attention to that, even though I've kind of put a disclaimer. So hopefully it's not too distracting. The second thing I want to say is I'm still super duper nervous. Um, you know, the last time I was given the invitation to speak at God Square Church, it was actually for SquadCon at the beginning of this year. And so um, I'm going to have a word of prayer just so God can calm my nerves and I can be confident that the Spirit will be working during this um, during this time. So if you just want to bow your heads and close your eyes as we have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for your power. I pray for your presence and I pray that the Holy Spirit Um, works, its miraculous wonders during this period of time. Lord, I pray um, that you empty me of myself, fill me with the Spirit, so I can be completely uh, flooded by you to speak your words. Lord, through the ums, the ahs, the stuttering and the fumbling of my words and the breaking of my chair, Lord, I pray that you be with this experience. You capture the words that I speak out loud, you transform them and nestle them into the hearts of the willing listeners who were wanting to hear your voice today. Lord, finally, I pray that you take this message as an offering and your will be done with it. I ask this all in your loving name. Amen. Okay, so um, we're back and let me hear you. Let me see you put an amen there and hopefully I'll put an amen there as well. I'm currently recording this on Saturday morning. So technically, it is Saturday morning when this uh, program would be on. Um, but yeah, I'm ahead of time. We we, we in the future are Sydney-siders so, uh, in Australia. But, you know, it's linking up. It's still working out nonetheless. The topic of <clears throat> today's uh, message is it's titled A Complete Game Changer. A Complete Game Changer. Now, I want to share with you a story. Back in the day, and I'm talking when I was younger, you know, during the school holidays, uh, when when I used to, yeah, I, I was in like primary school or high school, uh, I would go over to my friend Ken's house. He lived across the road and we were best friends for a long period of time. And he had a PlayStation. Um, I didn't. I, I only had a, com- a computer. I had an Atari. That's how old I am. Anyway, so... <clears throat> Me and Kenneth and a few of the rest of the boys on the street would play games, we'd, you know, we'd ride our bikes everywhere. But then we would play video games and we loved video games. And we'd go over um, to Kenneth's house. And because on PlayStation, you only had two controllers at the time, there was no multiplayer, you know, online at the time. Um, we would just sometimes, if it wasn't our turn, we'd just watch them. We'd, we'd watch our play games. And if you're on Twitch, that's what we're doing. We're watching our friends play games, you know, and that's awesome. And I think back in the day, Without the internet, that's what we did. We did Twitch in real life. So we'd go over and play and watch uh, someone play a video game. Now, <clears throat> there was one particular game when it came out, it was awesome, and that was Final Fantasy. Now, let me get some love for anyone who is a Final Fantasy game. Don't worry about the number that, that comes after the game, but if you're a Final Fantasy game player, man, let me see you see, put some love in that chat right now. I loved Final Fantasy. I'm currently playing um, Chrono Trigger, which is a similar kind of idea like Final Final Fantasy. I've never played Chrono Cross before, and that's the next game I wanted to do it. But I wanted to kind of go rehash the memories of Chrono Trigger and then go into Chrono Cross. I hear it's a different game, a different style, but it's still kind of that time-based game. Anyway, Final Fantasy VII, we were fully into it. And uh, we went over to Kenneth's house and we'd watch him play. Now, one particular like, and he would—he was good at playing game, video games. He'd figure it out and stuff like that. And so he got like two thirds of the way in. And he he found like he was hitting this he was hitting this uh, like a block every single time it seemed like his um his players weren't strong enough or his characters weren't strong enough or the things weren't really working for him and he was getting frustrated and frustrated and a couple of days in the holidays we'd see him at the same point at the same point and he's like nah this is not working and so he he would like he there was game magazines back then that we would look at and then there'll be like online like messengers and stuff like that and they they were like oh. and he heard uh from a friend of his that there was an actual item early on called um it was a materia called um, the all materia and for those of you who know final fantasy 7 that was at the very beginning of the game but that's a game changer and what he had to do was he had to start the game completely from scratch right because and he got this, um, this this item and it was material all. And so material back like in Final Fantasy realm or Final Fantasy seven was the magic, the use of magic. And it was an item where material all or all material. It's like, not only could you enhance this um, item or uh, this ability, but it could enhance it for your entire party members. And basically if you did this, if you added this item to the heal, uh ability then not only are you healing yourself but it's healing your entire party and so in one action you could heal your entire party now i'm just going by memory so i could get the mecha- could have gotten the mechanics wrong but when he went back and he got that item in the very beginning and it was tough because it was only one place you could get that item it was never for sale and once you're finished in that um this escape part of the of, of the game you couldn't go back so if you don't get it at the first time or the first try, you're never going to get it for the rest of the game. So that's why he had to start again. But once he started again and he got that item, it was a complete game changer. The game itself stayed. Nothing changed about the game. The bosses were still just as hard and all this kind of stuff. But the way he played it was completely different. It was a complete Game changer, and that's the topic, and that's what I'm what I'm wanting to share with you today. We have been given the invitation to receive a complete game changer in life. We have given the we have been given the invitation by Jesus Christ to receive a complete game changer that He gave to us when he walked the face of this earth. Now, there's a particular passage that I want to bring to our attention, and it's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 12. Now, this is where Jesus Christ introduces the game changer. And it's like this, it it wasn't a secret game changer because he actually called it or it's the book itself or the chapter itself is called the sermon on the Mount. And so he's sharing this to everyone. And he's saying with the real in a relationship with me, when you are connected to me and when we have this, I will give you the invitation to receive, um, this, this game changer that will change the way that you live your life. And not only will it change the way you live your life, it will change the way that you live your life for the better. Cause there's a lot of times where Jesus has followers, and when he starts teaching sometimes the teachings are too much or they're too overwhelming or they're not they're not in agreement with what the followers want and so jesus says okay this is the cost or this is what it's going to cost for you to be a follower of me in this particular passage and 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 sometimes uh, like after the after some miracles where jesus fed the 5000 He actually started teaching them and people actually said, we don't agree or we don't like these teachings and they abandoned him and they left him. In this particular story, in the Beatitudes, Jesus is celebrating this sermon and he says, this is what you're going to receive when you have a connection with me. And it's called the Beatitudes and I'm going to read them out and I'm going to post them up now and we're going to explore. We're not going to explore each and every one, but what I'm going to say is I'm going to celebrate today a particular Bible character that I feel found this secret and celebrated this secret and capitalized on the game changer in his life. And so, Let's read the Let's read the Beatitudes and let's read this invitation that Jesus is giving to us to say, when you are my follower, this is the experience that you're going to get when you live a life in accordance to my my, my teachings. This is what you're going to receive, and that's what this is what you're going to experience. So this is found in Matthew chapter five, verse th- three to twelve. So we'll start, and it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those uh, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth <clears throat> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And this is Jesus Christ saying with this relationship and with this connection that you have with me in the Father and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will receive this. if you are hungry, hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you will be filled by me. And Jesus continues to teach and he's saying, you know, I'm the well that will never run dry. And not only that, when you are with me, you will become an artisanal spring. And that's a different story where we talk to the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman. But this is still the promise. He's saying this is the blessing that you're going to receive. Um, and blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God, sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to repeat this because when we highlight this particular Bible character, we're going to celebrate this and we're going to see this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you, uh, blessed, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, sorry, they who persecute, um, they sorry, they in the same way persecuted the prophets who were before you that that one for me now when i read this and when i receive this jesus is jesus is saying blessed are you who mourn blessed are you who are meek and meek um is like humble in spirit blessed are you who are persecuted blessed and in my head, I'm like, well, this is this really working? Does this really work? And is this invitation with Jesus Christ, is this one where once again, I will receive with open arms and an open heart and an open mind? Or will I, I say, well, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think this is what I wanted. I don't think this is part of the deal. And ultimately, I don't feel that this is a complete game changer. Let's look at a Bible character now. And he's not a Bible character. Let's look at a man of history. And this is Paul, Paul uh, Paul of Tarsus. And we're actually going to read, I'm I'm not going to read the entire story, but I'm going to share with you a story where Paul and Silas uh, uh, are teaching and preaching the word. Now, the actual passage is found in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 40. Sorry. This is the story. Now, Paul and Silas are preaching, preaching the word of God, and Paul is doing it with such conviction. Why? Because he was a man also who had the reputation to be a Christian killer, right? For anyone who was new to the faith of Christ and people who are making effort after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, who were meeting together... um, the, 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 the religious leaders were not happy with that idea. They didn't want that. And Paul and Saul was one of those people, formerly known as, uh, Paul, formerly known as Saul, was one of those people. And he actually asked the, the religious authorities to give him permission to go and imprison, um, persecute and kill these early Jesus followers. And he went and all of a sudden, and, and it was on, a, on the road to Damascus where Jesus actually impacts his life. And transforms him and and, and humbles him and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul actually changes his mind, changes his heart and realizes that the God that he served is actually Jesus Christ. And in that moment and during that um, phase of transformation on that road from Damascus, he becomes one of the pioneers of our church. One of the one of the key characters who celebrated faith from the celebrated faith in Jesus Christ from the very beginning, and went to uh, to regions outside and spread the gospel, and was the catalyst of spreading the gospel to the world. So there's this there's a particular story, and this is Acts chapter sixteen, where Paul and Silas are preaching, and they're they're in, they're in Rome. Uh, No, no, they're they're in the the Roman region. Not too sure where exactly he he was, but the Romans still ruled in that place. By the way, Paul knows Roman law. Paul knows Roman culture. You need to know this for the story. Okay, so they're going around and they're preaching. And there's, there's a lot of followers that are following them. There's a girl in particular or a young woman in particular who is possessed by a demon. And um, what she's doing is she's actually foretelling the future and she's actually foretelling while they're there. So the crowd are listening to her as well. And the demon is actually foretelling the future and foretelling these things while they're there. The reason why she's doing it and she's continuously doing it is because she's a slave girl and there are owners and her owners are capitalizing on her ability. Right. So they're not wanting to save her. They're actually wanting to capitalize on her bondage, on the fact that she's possessed by a demon and this demon is speaking through her. They're wanting to capitalize on that. And so they're making money because people are paying her or paying them to see, to to hear her abilities. And Paul and Silas are aware of this. And it continues and continues to the point where Paul is like, enough of this. And he actually, in Jesus' name, exercises the demon out of her. He casts the demon out of her through by the power of Jesus Christ. Now, the girl is freed from her spiritual bondage. But the problem is the uh, her owners are not happy with it. Why? Because they've lost their ability to get money from her or from her abilities. The demons cast, and everything should be a, a time of celebration in Jesus's name. But because of their anger towards what Paul and Silas did, because of the losses of money, they actually trap them. They actually uh, grab them, have the have the people, uh, the, the the local authorities arrest them. They bring them before the magistrates and actually start slandering against them, use, um, saying lies, saying these guys. Uh, um, are actually uh, rebels and they're trying to um, create an uproar or create at at the local level to overthrow Rome and and break our customs and break our culture. Paul knows exactly what's going on because Paul knows the customs and the culture and he knows that this is all lies. And then, and not only that, the magistrates end up having them flogged and beaten. And in my head, I'm like, if I was Paul, I'd be like, what's going on? I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I'm I'm actually helped her. You know, why am I why am I being unjustly punished? But nothing really is said. Paul and Silas are beaten, they're flogged, and then they're locked in prison. And they're locked in prison. And, and, and at this point, I'm if I was in that situation, I'm like, this is wrong. I did nothing wrong. I'm praising God. And I'm and this is where I'm talking to God and saying, What's going on? You know, I'm doing your work here. Like, it should be like, uh, why am I getting punished for this? I didn't do anything wrong. They get beaten. They get flogged. They get thrown in prison. And then there's special instructions of the guard in prison because they're seen as troublemakers that the guard is given special instructions to say, you keep an eye on them. Your life is on the line on this one. You keep an eye on them. Make sure that nothing, that they don't try anything shady. You're You're on watch. And so they're in prison and they've got prisoners around them and they're shackled, right? They're in stock. Well, they're in, they're in chains. They've got locked bars in this cell and they're in a prison. And I'm going to read to you a passage. And this is where I'm thinking there's a massive difference right now. There is some secret game changer right now. And it's found in Acts, uh, Acts chapter 16. And this is in verse 25. And it says at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Okay, about midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. If I was there, or, you know, back, back in the day, my headspace, what is what, what was in that prayer? What would you have been praying? What would I have been praying? What was Paul praying? Because I'll tell you what, it, Obese man, you know what my prayer would be? My prayer would not be a happy prayer. My prayer would have, you know, a, a few cusses in there. You know, my prayer would be a very angry prayer. My prayer would go something along the lines of, "What are, what, what are you doing, right, God? What is going on? I did nothing wrong. I actually helped. I cast out a demon of this poor girl in your name, and so and and potentially gave her the opportunity to be saved, right?" And, and and show her your the, the love that you have. And all of a sudden, I get flogged for this. I get beaten for this. I get put in jail for this. That's not fair. Right? This is this old bees, man. Bees, bees would be feeling for that. This is not fair. What is going on? Why am I in this situation? I don't deserve to be here. This is wrong. <clears throat> so Paul and Silas are praying. Was it that prayer? Another part of my prayer, old bees would have said this. Hey, I don't know what went wrong here in this plan, but get me out, right? Where's the exit strategy? Where's the breakout? You know, prison break. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's work on that, God, because you're know, actually funny enough. It's, it's actually happened before, so I'm gonna wait for you to get gonna break me out of prison as well. Amen. <laughs> that the OBs would have. That's that. That's I pray. You know what I'm saying? And here's what happened. Let's go to verse twenty-six. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And all at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. Amen. Amen. Oh, bees! are amen. 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 So that's it. The prison break, it seems like there's an answer to prayer, right? And it seems like God has actually provided this opportunity for, for Paul and Silas to break out and to escape. But there was only one thing. There was one thing in the way still. What was it? What was it? Okay, there was they were shackled. They became loose. They were in the cell. That became loose. There was only one thing. One thing left. It was the guard. The guard was told to keep an eye on them. The guard was told that if they're going to move, they're going to make anything, that, that it was his responsibility. Let's see what happens in verse 27. In verse 27, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Amen. 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 Oh, Jesus thinking, wow, man. Okay. Sure. I got flogged. I got beaten. You know, I got locked up and, and you know, and I know that was, that wasn't right. Right. These guys are lying about me and they're lying about me and Silas, you know, But now that, you know, unlocked, shackles are gone, the cells are open. And now the only obstacle in my way, the only thing stopping me from freedom and getting out is the God. And he's going to kill himself and he's ready to kill himself. And once that's gone, I'm free. I'm out. Me and Paul, me and Silas are gone. Amen. But let's look what happens. Let's look at what happens. In verse 28, but Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we're all here. What was in that prayer? What was going on? What was in Paul's mind? What was going on? Because in because old bees is thinking, Well, my escape route. You know, if I was in that, if, if I was it was if it was Paul, it was bees. No, it was Paul and Silas and Old Bees. He'd be thinking, like, you know, if Paul calls out to the garden, he's like, no, 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 don't no, don't, kill, don't harm yourself. We're all here. I'd be all about, shut up, Paul. Let the brother do his thing so I could walk out. What was in that prayer? What was in that prayer? This is where I think Paul is the catalyst and one of the, um, not the catalyst, but one shiny example of the living embodiment of the Beatitudes. And by the way, um, if I didn't explain this before, if you know, if if you look at the word Beatitudes, it actually stands or actually means supreme blessedness. It's if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is saying in these Beatitudes, in these teachings, these are the blessings that you're going to receive. But not only are they just little blessings, it's you will receive the supreme blessedness of God. That's what the experience is. And I I think in this moment, Paul is experiencing the supreme blessedness because this is what happens. In verse 29, the jailer called for the lights, rushed and fell. The jailer called for the lights and rushed and fell at the feet of Paul and Silas. And he said to them, he then brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Um, the rest of the story goes like this, Paul and Silas, Paul says to him, accept the love and grace of Jesus Christ, accept Jesus Christ as your savior at once, at once the jailer receives, um, you know, receives salvation. And then not only that, Paul and Silas are taken by the jailer to his community, to his house right? And in his house, in his compound, he brings all of his people. He brings his family and all the people in his community. And that night, all of them are saved. Paul and Silas are given the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to celebrate who Jesus Christ is in salvation. And the jailer is saved on that moment. The jailer and his community, his entire community is saved on that night. What was in that prayer? There's, there's a man um, I'm pretty sure a lot of us would know him his name he's, he goes by the name of Desmond Doss Now if you don't know Desmond Doss I would highly recommend that you look him up um, online. They made a movie after him uh, from from his life experiences <clears throat> and Desmond Doss was a, a soldier in the army in in around 1945 um, he served in multiple wars and uh, but he was a non-combatant. He was a non-combatant on the medic team, and um, there's one particular war that he re- he received the medal, the bronze medal of bravery, and uh, it was at this war that it was that they made the movie. It's called Hacksaw Ridge, and it was a battle of Hacksaw Ridge, and it was um, and it was on a cliff, and the reason we, he got the medal was because on one particular night he went and he rescued 75 men by himself alone he went into the, he went onto the battlefield and carried and tended to 75 men and what i want to say is he tended to 75 men not his own men but the men that were considered the enemies he helped and assisted as well he tended to their wounds as well he's later given the, the medal of uh this medal and this reward and acknowledgement for his bravery and courage and he's interviewed and in, during the interview, they said to him, what was going through your mind when you were, you know, 75 men? What were you? What was going through your mind? And Desmond Doss is saying, well, I was just praying, right? He was a man of faith. And, and it seemed that in his life, there was no, he was unapologetic about the faith that he had. And because of his morals and because of his, uh, I, I believe, because of his relationship with God, he chose to be a non-combatant um, to serve in the military. And in that time, he was like, well, in the, in the, in the interview, it's like, what was going through your mind? And he was like, I was just praying. I was praying and praying. Um, and then the interviewer asked, well, what was the prayer? What was in the prayer? And Desmond Doss says, all I was praying was, God, just give me one more. Just give me one more. And I feel that that is supreme blessedness. Now that I look about, I guess, the new bees, the bees that has a relationship with Jesus Christ, the, the the bees that has an understanding of what Jesus wants in his life can now look at Paul's prayer while in prison. After getting beaten, after getting flogged, after getting imprisoned for something he didn't do wrong. And he's praying and he's singing hymns. I now have an understanding of what that prayer was and I think he prayed the Hacksaw prayer. I think he prayed the prayer, the Desmond Doss prayer. I think Paul and Silas were just praying, God, just give me one more. And it was the jailer, not only the jailer, but the jailer, his family and his entire community were saved and received Jesus Christ that night. Supreme blessedness. At the end of Paul's life, In uh, 2 Timothy, where he's lived a long, full life. What I love about this, what I love about Paul is that he had the game changer. He already had the game changer. He was taught about the Beatitudes. He was taught about, and I think once he experienced it for that point of his life, it was a complete game game changer for him. And he celebrated the Beatitudes. He celebrated the supreme blessedness. Because he lived in the world, I guess in the eyes of the world, a really rough life. But at the end of the day, towards the end of his race, um, where he can't write anymore because of other instances where he's beaten and flogged, he gets Timothy, one, another one of his, I, I would say, his uh, support. He's, uh, uh, I would say, protege. And he gets Timothy to scribe for him. And this is what Paul says, and he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Praise the Lord. That that is a game changer. That is supreme blessedness in real life. For me, that last part where it says, not only me, but also those who have longed for his appearing. I uh, while he's writing or while he's getting Timothy to write it, I can just imagine Paul saying, The jailer, you know, the jailer that I was able to share Jesus Christ to. My brothers and sisters. You know, old bees. And the reason why I say old bees, when I, in that prayer, I'm like, what's going on? New bees is being transformed and is being tra- changed. Because now, because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, because of the experience that I've had and having a personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm starting to understand the Beatitudes. I'm starting to understand that God gave us a game changer, that God said with me and a relationship with me, there is a game changer and you can experience supreme blessedness. My brothers and sisters, the question that I have is, are we willing to accept the game changer that Jesus Christ is offering us? Are we willing to accept that loving, saving relationship, that transforming power of the Holy Spirit in that relationship with him so we can experience supreme blessedness? I pray that that is our prayer today so we can celebrate salvation found in Jesus Christ and we can ultimately go out into the world and say, Jesus, just give me one more, just one more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you so much for getting me through that message. Uh, thank you for reminding me that, you know, even in my brokenness, that you still save, that you still transform, that you still heal and you still give us opportunities in our life so we can receive supreme blessedness. And that's in a relationship, a saving, loving, transforming relationship with you. So I pray that we don't walk away from you. I pray that we can race to you, connect with you, and we can celebrate with you so that when we go through the, through life. We can experience the game changer. We can experience the game changer and be invited to celebrate supreme blessedness in the tough times, in the good times, in the celebrations, in the failures and the victories. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your compassion and your grace. And I pray that you can just continue to bless and guide us so we can experience and celebrate supreme blessedness in you. I ask this all in your loving name. Amen. Thank you, thank you so much, my brothers and sisters. Peace out,
1: God bless. Thank you, Bizoush for giving that amazing sermon. And hey, right now I wanted to give an opportunity to for some of you out there, uh, Bizoush was just talking about um, salvation from Jesus Christ and what that looks like and praying for just one more and having that heart towards other people. And so maybe some of you out there, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. And I want to give an opportunity uh, right now for those of you that have never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart. Maybe you feel a tug on your heart right now. Like, I really, I want that. I, I want what Jesus can bring, the life that he can bring, the hope that he can bring, the hope that can, he can give to my life. Maybe you want to accept that into your heart right now. And so, uh, may, and also, maybe there's some of you out there. Maybe you, you feel like you need to rededicate your life. And rededica- redi- rededication, what it really means, is, hey, I, I've been struggling for a long time, and I haven't really been living my life for Jesus. But I'd like to, I'd like to make, uh, I'd like to reaffirm the fact that I made a choice. I made a choice to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And so, a rededication as well. I would love to be able to offer that for you guys as well. Because Jesus Christ, He came, He lived a completely perfect and pure life, and then He went to the cross for us. There is no reason for him to do this. There's nothing that I did or that you did that that, you know, he was like, hey, I need to go, I, I'm gonna go up there for them because, because they did this for me. No, he did it anyways. And he could have at any point when he was on the cross and he was taking our sins upon himself, he could have at any point. He could have just snapped his fingers and gotten down off the cross, but he thought of each and every one of your faces. He thought of Mina. He thought of Zephariah Black. He thought of the Sunny Money. He thought of myself, the Warden warden of the Sand, and everybody else in chat. He thought of you, and he said, you know what? I know this is painful. I know I'm taking on the guilt. I know I'm taking on all the pain of the things that they are going to do, but they're worth it. They're worth it. And because Jesus Christ did that for us and he died on a cross and rose from the grave, uh, displaying his power over death, displaying his power over sin, that he broke both of those things. He broke the barrier between us and God the Father, so that now we can have relationship with God. Because of that, if we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts and we repent of our sins, which is just a different mindset, we, we know that this way is wrong, we know that this way, uh, the way towards God is a righteous way and we decide that these sins are wrong, it doesn't mean you're never gonna slip up again. It doesn't mean that temptation just is gone. I wish that were the case, but it's not. Sometimes we still slip up from time to time. But the thing is, is Jesus Christ came to save you from your sins. And if we accept him into our lives, we'll be able to spend an eternity with with him in heaven. And so I wanna give the opportunity for those of you, once again, that maybe you wanna rededicate your life or maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life ever, I wanted to give you an opportunity to make that decision today. And so if you would like to make that decision, I would ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's not that this prayer has any special words that I'm going to say or anything, but it's something tangible for you to be able to use, to be able to look back on and say, you know, maybe you're really struggling with your faith one day. Maybe you're really doubting because of some things you're going through in your life. You can look back on this day and you can say, I remember how I felt when I prayed that prayer. Once again, it's not the prayer that saves you but I remember the moment when I accepted Jesus Christ in my life. I remember the freedom that I felt. I remember the the, the feeling all the weight being lifted off because really that does happen when you accept Jesus Christ. I can promise you that. I, I made that decision a long time ago in my life and I'll never forget that night ever. But anyways, so if you do wanna accept Jesus Christ in your life for the first time, I would just ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray. Dear God, I come before you right now I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on a cross and I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I receive your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. I ask you, Jesus, to come and live inside of me. I commit my life to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus Christ into their lives? It is absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing. And hey, uh, I don't want to call you out or put a spotlight on you or anything, but I do want to be able to celebrate with you if you did accept Jesus Christ today. I would just, you don't have to, but if you feel comfortable enough, just put put a a simple yes in the chat that you made a decision that yes, I am going to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, that I made that decision today. So we'd love to be able to celebrate with you. And also, uh, if somebody can do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat, uh, what I would ask you to do, if you made that decision for the first time, I would ask you to click on that link and fill out that form. It's gonna give you some resources that we would love to be able to give to you. We'd love to be able to answer any questions that you might have. A lot of people, they they just made this decision and they don't know where to go from here. They say, well, the Bible is a really big book and I know I'm, you know, supposed to read this thing, but where do I start in it? How do I pray? What is this water baptism thing that you guys talk about all of the time? I would, we, I would, and we would love to be able to answer any of those questions that you do have, or any other questions that you might have. So once again, congratulations to those of you that have accepted Jesus Christ. I promise you, you will never, never regret it. And remember, it's not the end of something. But it's the beginning of a brand new journey with him but once again i wanted to thank bz put some hearts in the chat guys for bz absolutely amazing amazing sermon i know uh i said this before and was talking about those those prayers where you're like god i've been doing all the right things but all these things are happening to me i've had those prayers I'm not proud of them but I know that I've had them. So I definitely related to the sermon today. I hope that you guys did too. And I hope that you were blessed by it. But thank you, Bizush, Again, you are absolutely amazing. And you are a blessing to, uh, to the family here at God Squad Church and to our community. And guys, um, We're gonna go into a time right now of offering and giving. And hey, I want you to know, if this is your first time here at God Squad Church, I want you to know, we don't want anything from you, but we want everything for you. This uh, This is for those of us that call God Squad Church your home church. And so if you call God Squad Church your home church, what does that exactly mean? It means that this is where you're receiving from, right? This is where you're mostly receiving from in your life. And so if you feel like that God Squad Church is where you're receiving from, God does ask us in his word to be able to give of our finances. And he says to be a good steward of our finances. Why does he say a good steward of them? Because the finances that we have, even though we go to work and we earn those finances that we do have, really it's coming from God right it's really God's finances that he gave to us and he says steward it well but what he does ask us to do is he asks us to give and to give generously as well and he says hey if you do this I promise you I'm going to provide for you and we believe here at God Squad Church that giving of our finances it's a form of faith and it's a form of worship as well it's really really difficult sometimes to give up you know some some of your money some of your finances to God but he does ask ask us to do that. And I want to read for you guys a verse. This is the type of heart that we're supposed to have when we give to God. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. I know that sometimes we're we're about to give, or maybe you've never given before, and you're like, ah, I don't know if I should give right now, but hey, listen, I want you to know that what God wants from our hearts when we're giving is to give with a cheerful heart and to give expecting that God is going to do something with it. Here at God's Squad Church, we continue to give the name of Jesus Christ to people every single week on a daily basis almost almost every single day to people throughout the entire world and to continue doing that. It's because of your faithfulness and generosity that we're able to continue having services every week, doing our conferences, doing meetups and everything else that we're doing here at God Squad Church and continue to push forward in the vision that we have as we move forward as a church. And so in just a couple of seconds, we're going to show a video of multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to God Squad Church. But once again, thank Thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness. God bless you as you give. Here at God Squad Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.